through this psalm tonight. I don't know if uh, some of you were probably around years ago when we did this at the ring. Um, you like this uh, podium? It's super hip. Uh, um, yeah, we did this uh, early on, like Maybe within the first couple of months of us launching, went through the 23rd Psalm and uh, just in praying about where to go teaching-wise this fall, uh, this was kind of one of, the, one of the places that we went. So it will not be exactly like it was then if you were here, not that you remember, <laughs> you know, I know you don't, but uh, it won't be the same, exact same thing, it'll be it'll be a little bit different. But there'll be a lot of, of similarities as well. Um, the 23rd Psalm is probably best known for... Um, it's kind of the one of the go-tos at funerals, uh, gravesides, stuff like that. Uh, and um, but there isn't a whole lot of uh, teaching done on it out, outside of those settings. And uh, really, I, I think it's it's just it's just a beautiful, beautiful um, reflection of of David's heart um, and and how he views the Lord and the Lord's. Uh, role in his life and what that's come to be over time. Uh, David was, David was a shepherd before he was king and his dad was a shepherd and so he kind of grew up around sheep and, and you kind of just get the, you get the sense that, um, that he's almost like thinking like a sheep in this, in this situation. Uh, maybe he's been around them so much he can identify with how they think and how they function or who, who really knows? Uh, who knows what's going on? But certainly, um, when when David starts off this psalm, he is he's writing from the perspective of of a sheep, and with the Lord being his shepherd. And so we're just going to look at the first part of the first verse tonight, uh, which is as you can see, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're just going to look at the Lord is my shepherd part tonight, um, and kind of kind of pick this apart. Um, and one of the things about about uh, like living in our day and age is that we 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 communicate via text a lot, whether it's emails or text messages or you know Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Um, one of the things about uh, those that medium or whatever is that you kind of you can't really tell tone or emphasis unless somebody puts like I don't know something in all caps and it sounds like they're screaming, you know, uh, or I don't know if people put emoticons or Whatever. Somehow we, we try to make it to where we, we can take text and kind of manipulate it so that it has emphasis in certain places or so we can communicate tone or we put a smiley face or, you know, colon, close parentheses or something like that. People know that we're joking or LOL, LOLZ, other ones that stand for other things, uh, or whatever. So, um, but the Bible doesn't have that. There are no emoticons. Uh, there aren't italics or bold font or anything like that. Uh, it just says the Lord is my shepherd. And, and as I was 
thinking through this this first line, uh, I was like, I wonder which part if David was if he was reading this at a poetry slam or something like what what would he emphasize in that in that first line? Would it be the Lord? The Lord is my shepherd. Or would it be shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. You know which which part would it be? And so, kind of the way that my prep for tonight went was to just to think about it with different words emphasized and how that would not change the meaning, but but enhance the the meaning overall. And so that's what I want to do. Uh, if that's okay, so we're, we'll start off. We'll focus on the on the word shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Um, I don't know how many of you grew up on farms. I did not grow up on a farm. Um, but uh, that agricultural life was a part of, of ancient Israel. It was just kind of a normal normal thing. Um, a lot of what we know about shepherds today really comes from uh, from uh, the fact that we can have we have access to anything that we want to know right at our fingertips all the time. And so we know a lot of stuff about shepherding, but David knew it firsthand. He didn't read a book about it or a blog about it or Wikipedia or whatever. Like he knew exactly what was going on. He, and, and so for him, um, to, to be consistent with this shepherding metaphor that's all, all throughout scripture, uh, is pretty cool because I think he understood it a little bit different because he was a shepherd himself. And so for him to say that, that, that the Lord is his shepherd, uh, brings in like all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that kind of falls underneath that, that idea. Um, and to sum it up, I, I think you could you could basically say that a, sh- a shepherd um, assumed like full uh, responsibility for for the care and, and the care of the sheep and provision for the sheep. It, anything that they would need, um, he would he would make sure they had what, what they would need in order to be healthy, in order to grow, in order to like produce wool that they would shave off and then sell, and then they grow more wool. You know that kind of stuff. Um, and anything that that was needed, the shepherd took care of it. And so the sheep were completely, completely dependent on the shepherd to, uh, to take them to green pastures, uh, to take them to water, uh, to protect them from wolves or to protect them from disease, to protect them in, in, in all these, these different ways. Uh, they were dependent on the shepherd, uh, to, um, correct, you know, to keep them all together. Um, to uh, just, I mean, everything about their lives, you know. When was it time to move? When, when was it time to rest? That was completely up to the shepherd. Every, everything about the life of a sheep was, was dependent on the shepherd knowing, like, knowing what he was doing. And for David, so for David, David to say, in, in my life, the Lord functions, functions in the same way. Like, he's my shepherd. He's, he's the one who, who, who takes, me, takes me to the greenest places to eat. So that I'm not, you know, you know, for, for a sheep to go to a green pasture, they're getting all the, they're getting nutrients, they're getting all the things that they need. Um, to take them into some, some area where, where it's all dry and dead, they're not getting the vitamins, they're not getting all the stuff that they would need. It's not good for the sheep. So David says, I'm, I'm dependent on the Lord to, to lead me to good, to good things, just like my sheep are dependent on me as their shepherd. I'm dependent on Him to, to, to get me water, to get me rest, to keep me safe. I'm, I'm dependent on Him um, in every way, just like my sheep are dependent on me, just like all sheep are dependent on their shepherd, the Lord functions the same way. And so for us to, to understand that and, and to really, like to, to kind of let us rest in that a little bit, that for, for a Christian, 
That's, that's how we need to see Him. It goes against so much of our world, you know, where we're, where we're, we're trying to do things on our own, we're trying to provide for ourselves, and we're trying to, we decide when to rest and when to move on, and we decide when to eat and when to, whatever, and like we decide all this stuff. But for the Christian, we have to stop and say, no, no, I'm, I'm completely dependent on the Lord as my shepherd to lead me and to guide me, to lead me into things that are good, to keep me from things that are bad. I, I, I need Him. I'm dependent on Him. I look to Him. I humble myself. I walk under His guidance. Like that's that's the role that the Lord plays for us. If you're a Christian, that's 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 your life. As you're tended to, you're cared for. But Jesus Himself has said, "I, I'll take, I'll, I'll be responsible for you. You know, your every necessity. I'll I'll make sure that you have what you need. I'm the good." Shepherd. That's what Jesus said. I'm the good shepherd. Now, I think some people would, would take that, take everything I've just said, and, and it, in kind of a weird direction, it's easy to think, okay, so, so God is just, like, He's like my, like, sugar daddy, who, He provides all this stuff for me. You know? He want, He wants to take care of me? Fine. He can pay for everything. He can do whatever. I don't have to do anything. If He wants me to be holy, He can make me holy. And if He wants me to, to start thinking this way instead of thinking this way, He can just make me think that way. If He wants me to stop doing this, He can just make me not desire to do that anymore if it's bad for me. That would not be a healthy way of thinking of the Lord as our shepherd. Because in a, in a shepherd-sheep relationship, alright, let's say the shepherd says, okay, uh, it's time to get up, so he gets all the sheep up. Gets them moving. He's driving them. He's, he knows exactly where he's going. He's going to this certain field where he knows that it's green because he's checked it out and he gets them all over there. The sheep get out into the, the green pasture. Shepherd can't make them eat. Can he? You can't force them. I mean, I have, I have what I, I've deemed, uh, people have, you know, strong-willed kids. I have a strong-willed dog. Uh, I cannot make her do anything. Uh, I mean, I can make her eventually because Eventually, I win. But I mean, like, like I'm like, come here. She'll just look at me. You know, I can't. I can't make her eat. Actually, I can't make her stop eating. It's her problem right now. Uh, shepherd can lead. He can lead sheep into something. But a strong-willed group of sheep, they don't. They be standing in grass right up to their mouth, and they don't have to eat it. You can lead them down to water, but you can't. Like it's. It's true. You can't make them drink. You can try to protect the herd, um, but some of those sheep they're they're gonna they're gonna wander off. They're gonna try to do their own thing. They're gonna get caught up in thickets, or they're gonna get off by themselves, and then the predators can come. That's 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 a part of it. So as our shepherd, he is faithful to lead us into things that are good to to provide the opportunity right right there in front of us. But we play a role in that too. We we eat. In the green pastures, you know, we drink of the good water. We let him protect us. When he says, don't, don't do that, we, we don't do that. When he says, don't go over there, we don't go over there. When he says, trust me in this, we, 
We trust Him in that. So there's, there's this, there's this tandem, like, relationship, you know, between a, a sheep and the, and the shepherd. The sheep have to do what the good shepherd leads them into. So He doesn't do it all for you. He doesn't do it all for me. But He is the faithful one to, to lead us there. And so, we, you know, so much of what we talk about the ring comes down to, to trust, faith, okay, and obedience. He says, trust me, we're gonna go, we're gonna go over here, then we trust him and we go with him. And when he says, hold up, let's slow down, we, we hold up and we slow down. Whatever he says, we believe that what he is saying is coming from our shepherd, our good shepherd. So maybe if he was emphasizing shepherd, maybe that's some of what would be the case. Uh, but then maybe he was emphasizing, you know, the Lord, that, that idea, you know, connecting like the Lord of heaven and earth being his shepherd and responsible for his care. Flip over to Psalm 145. Um, I love this Psalm. Um, not that I hate any other ones, but this is just one that I personally am very drawn to. Um, if you are a sheep and you are under the care and provision of a shepherd who has no idea what he's doing, or he does not care about the the condition uh, of the sheep, you know, like he's just he's just in it for a paycheck, uh, you know, the illustrious shepherd paycheck we've all heard so much about. Um, then, then. Your quality of life, I mean, what, what life is like in the herd of a bad shepherd, um, is, is way, way different than the quality of life in the herd under a, a good shepherd. So the character of the shepherd is, is crucial. So this, this psalm does this, I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful job. Same author. Um, and in this he talks about God being king. And shepherd king. Same, same thing. Same thing. Different ways of describing the same thing. Using two different, uh, metaphor type things that, that we can relate to in, in two different senses. I'll just walk through this, uh, verse one. So I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Okay, so he's painting the picture of the king. He's also painting the picture of his shepherd. Same person. Okay, same thing. This this great and wonder, wonderful. I mean, his his greatness is unsearchable. Uh, it's describing his shepherd. Verse four: One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall shall declare your mighty acts. Um, a shepherd worth bragging about. Okay, worth boasting in. You know. Kind of being like, you know, like these are legends that like one generation passes down to another, but not legend and like, you know, something fabricated. Like he's, he's worth telling your kids about. Like you want your kids so badly to know, to know this shepherd king that you know. You want them to know how good it is to be in his flock, to be in his kingdom, to be one of his children. You want to make sure that your kids know that. That's, that's how good he is. Verse five. On the, on the glorious splendor of your majesty, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Alright? He's, he's the kind of guy, like he, 
not like dude, but like he's the kind of shepherd king that you just sit around and you just think about him. Not in a weird, oogie way, okay? You just, you think, you're just, you're blown away by the character of your shepherd, of your king. Like you just, he's that good that you can just sit around and think about him and all his works. Verse 6, I'm talking about his, his wondrous works. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, uh, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. All right? So this is, it's being proclaimed. This is not the kind of shepherd king that you, that you keep to yourself. You know, it's like, you know, it's not that you don't want anybody to find out how good he is because that's a threat. You want everybody to know how good he is. Because you, you can't, you can't contain it. You know, it's just not something you can keep bottled up. Um, here's, this is super, super amazing. We've gone through this in community group. Verse 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Okay? Full of grace, full of mercy. Don't you want to be cared for and provided for by someone who is gracious and merciful? But not just kind of gracious sometimes and merciful if they have to be. Full, full of graciousness, full of mercy. Um, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Okay. Um, the, the kind of, the kind of shepherd that you just, you want to be around them. You want to, you don't, you aren't hesitant to bring the difficulties of life to this shepherd king because you know the response is going to be one of grace, one of mercy. There's not going to be this uh, fly off the handle and like crush you with a hammer kind of deal. It's it's just full of just steadfast love. It doesn't mean that that there is no discipline. It doesn't mean that there aren't hard hard times and and all that kind of stuff. But this is the kind of shepherd king you want to go to. I mean, this is that's the heart. That's the that's the mind. That's how this shepherd king interacts with people. Grace, mercy, steadfast love. It just it doesn't end. Uh, the next verse, verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. He's good. He's just, he's just good. His mercy on all that He has made. His mercy reaching, reaching into pain. That's, that's mercy. He's reaching into those that are hurting, to those who are, are needy, to those who are, who are desperate. He is reaching in. Don't, don't you want that kind of shepherd? You know? You, you know, like people in life where, um, they're, they're like, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then like, as soon as you're kind of hurting, uh, for some reason, we have friends that will, they'll like withdraw because they don't know how to deal with the awkwardness of somebody crying, you know, or someone opening up about something or, or they, they don't, they don't want that. You know, it's like, you're not good enough friends for them to reach into your pain, into, you know, they're not merciful friends. And yet here's this glorious king of the universe that's been worshipped and, and sung about and declared from generation to generation. And he says, you know what, I, if, if you're hurting, I want you to know I'm, I'm more near to you than you can possibly imagine in your pain. You may not be able to make sense of, of any of any emotion you're feeling. There's all your thoughts are all over the map, but here's, here's, here's the one thing you just need to hang on to, the fact that I'm, I'm right, right there. My mercy reaches in there as you're hurting. That's, that's our king. Verse 10. All your works shall give thanks to you. 
O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of, of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Okay, We're, we're talking big time, big time, uh, big time flock that's always talking about their shepherd, that's always praising him, always glorious, telling everybody, everybody has to know, everybody has to know, everybody has to know. This isn't this little exclusive flock, you know. It's not there's only like 33 slots to be in this flock. This, it's, he's that big of a king. He can, he can be the shepherd of, of just an endless number of sheep. He's that, he's that big. Um, verse 14, the Lord upholds all who are falling. Listen, listen to the heart here. Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. Okay? You, don't, don't you want your shepherd to be, to be like that? Open-handed? Meeting every need, not withholding things? Completely good? Completely available? Completely ready? Completely willing? Completely competent? 17. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. He is righteous. He's, he acts in a way that is consistent with His holiness in everything that He does. It, it lines up perfectly. You know? So He's always going to be this way. This isn't a psalm when like God had a really good day. And so David's like, I'm going to describe, God had a good day today. I'm going to describe Him. This is time, timeless description of who God is. He will always act in such a way that he's con- that is consistent with his own holiness, it's his righteousness. It, it's and so in all of his dealings as a shepherd, it's always going to be righteous. He there it will be never there'll never be a mistake. He will never like lead lead you to a pasture that he thinks is green. And he gets over the hill. He's like, oh my bad, I guess I had some wrong information or something. He can't do that. He can't mess up. He won't lead you. He won't lead you into a trap. You know, and sell you to some other shepherd. I and mean, there's just no weird. There's just no weird motives there. Everything is pure. Everything is holy. He is always going to deal righteously with his sheep. Don't you want that kind of shepherd? Don't, don't you want to know like that? That is the shepherd who over. He, that's who he is. He cares for me. Psalm 145. That king, that shepherd cares for me. Look at the next last part. 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Okay? He, 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 he takes care of us. He takes care of us. Last verse. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever. That's. Okay. Let's, let's, let's connect. Let's go back to Psalm 23 1. You don't have to flip to it because we're going to stay on this one the whole time. We'll put it back on the screen. So what if the, what is it, what if there's dual emphasis here? What if it's on shepherd and it's on the Lord? Like what if those two ideas are, are being smashed together in this one mind blowing thought? That the, the king, the shepherd described in Psalm 145 is the one who has accepted full responsibility for my care. 
He's the one that said, I'll provide everything that you need. I'll lead you to it. I'll empower you. I'll help you. I'll be patient with you. I'll be gracious with you. I'll always love you. Maybe he's putting those things together. Maybe there's just this sense of kind of like being like, are you, is this really my life? You know? Like, do I, do I really have it this good that my shepherd is the Lord? That my shepherd is good shepherd. You know, maybe maybe this should take us back or aback. I've heard both. Maybe maybe this should take us back a little bit. Maybe we should be kind of stunned and not just blast through the first part of this verse. The Lord is my shepherd. That's worth us meditating on. That's worth us thinking about as we drift off to sleep. But what if, what if it wasn't, what if the emphasis was, was on the word is? I kind of sat on that one for a little while because the shepherd one, I got that. The Lord one, I got that. What about the is? What if, what if it was like the Lord is my shepherd? I think this is significant because it's almost like, like this is, this is bringing you in touch with what is real and true. That for the Christian, the Lord is your shepherd. He is. Who cares how you, like, if you feel like it or not, you know? It, it doesn't matter if, if your feelings line up with, with that reality or not. His being your shepherd trumps our emotions. It trumps our circumstances. You just can't, we just can't look around our lives and be like, you know, I'd like to think the Lord's my shepherd, but when I start making a list of what my life looks like right now, I just don't think that, that Psalm 145 and care and provision is consistent with my, my life. Like those are two very different things. I think we need to go to the word is and say, no, no, no. He is. We're called to live by faith and not by sight. Live by faith, not by emotion. Live by faith, not by circumstances. That's, that's what that's meaning. And so, maybe, maybe for, for you, if you're here and you're, and you're a Christian tonight, maybe, maybe some of this needs to, is a declaration, you know? Like maybe, maybe when you, when you see the word is, when you emphasize the word is, like your like fist kind of goes up, you know? Yeah. He is. Maybe you're, you're amped about that. You know, like you just, man, you want to sing, you want to find a Psalm 23 song in the, in the catalog that the band pulls from, but let's sing that song. Like we don't really have one, but, uh, let's, let's write one tonight as a group, you know, like let's do that so we can put our fists in the air and we can just declare that He is. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're like, I can't really declare it, but I can remind myself. That that is what is real. That even though I look around my life right now and I, re- I have a lot of questions and a lot of doubts and a lot of struggles and whatever, uh, He is my shepherd. It may not feel like it, but He is. It may not look like it necessarily with my eyes, with my sight, but my faith is greater than that. He, he is. I, 
And you need to be encouraged by that and reminded by that. I know it's it can be frustrating when you read Psalm 145. You'd be like, "Not for me." If you're a Christian, it is for you. We need to let the Lord push us deeper in our faith and believing. It, he is. He is. These light and momentary troubles, as Paul calls them, they're they're going to fade. They're like it's it's like when it gets a little bit cold outside, and you're like, oh, "I can see my breath." It's cold enough to see my breath. You know how quickly that fades away? That's that that's a light and momentary trouble. It's just it's just a vapor. It's just it's gone. And yeah, it might linger in our timeline, but to the Lord, it's light and momentary. It's it's a chance for the shepherd to tend to the sheep, to reach into our pain, to walk us through those difficult times. For some sheep, the Lord is your shepherd, I, I think, means something different to you because because you're the sheep who he leads into green pastures and you refuse to eat. He leads you down this beautiful babbling brook of fresh water and every other sheep in the whole flock is like lapping it up. And you're like, nope. Too clean. <laughs> you don't want to do it. Jesus moving moving the herd this way. And you're making a run for the briars over there. The Lord is your shepherd. He will, he will, he'll win. He'll find you. We've all heard the story before about shepherds like breaking the legs of the rebellious ones and carrying them over their neck and all that, nursing them back to health and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if they really did that or not, but I, he's done that to me. He said, you want to keep running to that? That's cool. I'm going to break your legs and you can't run. And then I'm going to carry you everywhere. And then you'll be super dependent on me because I am your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, even, even when I'm the sheep that refuses to look at him. He still is. Maybe, maybe for you tonight, maybe the biggest one would be to emphasize my, you know? Like maybe it's to to think in terms of of, of you being I, I'm trying to think how to say this of you being as uh, as possessive of him in a good way you being as possessive of him as he is of you you know you being all about him because he 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 likes you. He digs you. And we know this because He died for us. You don't, you don't die for someone that you despise. If you, if you can look at this verse, if you're able to say, as a Christian, the Lord is my shepherd, the reason you can say that is because, first, You are His sheep. That's where it starts. As a Christian, I can say, the Lord is my shepherd. That starts with Him saying, you are my sheep. I died for your sins. You are mine. I was reading this, this book that was written by, uh, by a shepherd. Uh, he's like, it's like this classic book. And, uh, 
And so he's, he's going through Psalm 23 and he's bringing in all the, all his experience as a shepherd and kind of connecting some things. Pretty cool. He said that when, when he first started out being a shepherd, uh, like in Ireland, I think, you know, every stereotype you can imagine. And so, uh, as a young boy, he finally got, saved enough money to buy his own, like buy his own sheep. So he saved up, purchased them, and he's looking, he's looking at these that are his and he's all proud. And his like mentor in the, in the trade said, okay, said, now it's time to mark them. And he handed him a knife. He said, go mark them. And what they would do, and this might sound weird, but they would, they would notch the ears of their sheep in a certain way. Um, that was, it's kind of like branding would be with cattle and stuff like that, but they would notch them a certain way so that, uh, if, if you're, if you're on a hillside somewhere and there's two or three different flocks and they're kind of all scattering out, let's say that maybe they get mixed up. You can tell, you can identify which ones are yours. Sometimes from far away, sometimes maybe you had to do it up close. But it's how you were able to tell who, like your sheep from another shepherd's sheep. Because you marked them. And it was your mark, and you put it on them. And by doing that, they're yours. I was reading that, it reminded me of, in, in Toy Story, I think I've said this before, how, how did Woody know that he belonged to Andy? Remember? Because Andy wrote name on the bottom of Woody's foot, I think. Is that right? And in the movie, he says, I belong to Andy. Look. And he like shows the bottom of his foot. He's like, no, that's who I belong to. I've been marked. I'm his. Those sheep are notched a certain way to, to show them who they are. You, you and I, same exact thing. Same exact thing. That he has marked us. Doesn't mean we all go out and get the same tattoos or do anything, you know, like that or whatever. I'm not trying to start some sort of weird, (laughs) weird anything, really. The, the mark that you and I, that you and I carry, it's, it's the fact that we used to have a heart of stone and now we have a heart of flesh. That he has exchanged that. That we used to live driven for ourselves and now we live driven for our shepherd king. That we were enslaved to sin and now we're enslaved to righteousness, to Christ. That we have crossed over from death to life. That is, that's what marks us. He's put his name on us. Says it in the Bible in several different places. When we do the priestly blessing at the end, if you go to number six and read that, he tells the priest, bless my people and say this. And and so the, right after the part that we say, he says, and by by doing this, I, I put my name on my people. It says, I put my mark on them. Like it says that. He's all about letting us know that we belong to Him. And perhaps through that, we get really, really into the fact that He is my shepherd. He is our shepherd. That we love the mark that He's left on us. We love it. We love it. We wouldn't want any other mark. We wouldn't want to be a part of any other flock, any other kingdom. We wouldn't want any other way. No one else's care. No other shepherd. I just, I just want him. That's all that I want. Maybe the Lord is my shepherd is this phenomenal declaration of, of how, in, just how incredible life in Christ is. What a blessed life we have. We are better, we are better off. We've been talking about the kingdom. We've been talking about, uh, we, we looked at the Beatitudes and how 
how Jesus is talking to this hillside full of people who they've all been told you're not welcome in the kingdom because you're if you're not a, a Jewish male who's wealthy and who has really good health and who's like super super pious and keeps the law if you don't do that then you can't get in and Jesus stands up in front of all of them and he says no it's not true all of you can come on you're you're blessed he covers the, this full spectrum of human experience and he says you're blessed Blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. He goes through this whole thing. He's saying you're, it's like you're included in this. You're invited to this. Come in, you want to come in my, come on, come into my flock. Let me, let me put my mark on you. You, you trust me that I, that I took your sins. I died for your, your sins and I've, I've exchanged your life. I've, I've connected you now to my life and to my kingdom. Now let's, let's walk together through this. Let me put you in a flock with a bunch of other people who are all, who all share the same exact mark and all share the same exact shepherd and we're all living in the same same exact kind of world. Let, and he's saying, let me lead you in paths of righteousness for my namesake. Let me take you to the green pastures and their good water. Let me protect you from the, from the wolves. Um, let me let me discipline you. Let me correct you. Let me teach you how to think. Uh, let me bring this in. And maybe David is just overwhelmed with the fact that how, just how good his shepherd is. And he's saying maybe every one of those things has emphasis to it, you know? Maybe it's just big like, the Lord is my shepherd. Maybe that's what he's going for. I like to think in the Psalms, like, I wonder how long it, I wonder how long there, what lag time there was between the first, like, one line and the second line. What if he wrote the first line? What if he just wept for like six hours? I think, I, I know that I tend to be very underwhelmed. That's the right word. Sometimes. With, with Jesus and his care for me and the cross. And all, I, I tend to, it, it tends to just be a fact, you know? And I think the 23rd Psalm can, can break me of that. Maybe it breaks you of that, or maybe it breaks you of something different. I think it should just leave us in awe. And as we go through this together in the next couple of weeks, I hope that there is tremendous awe that is produced in us. And I don't know which which of those uh, different kind of different emphasis emphases that we looked at. I don't know which one connects with you the most. Maybe it's all of them, or maybe you're just like I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on. Maybe maybe you're here and you're like I don't even know if I'm in his flock or not. You know, I have no idea. I don't even know what it. I don't I don't understand this. You don't have to leave questioning that. We don't have a time here at the ring where we walk the aisle and all that kind of stuff. We just like to, we like to process things, honestly, together just with the Lord and singing or praying or doing whatever. And then we pray and we, we go. And if you want to stick around and talk about stuff, we would love, like I say, we, anybody in this room would love to sit around and talk about, like, about being a part of this. But I think every one of us as believers, if, if you're not completely overwhelmed by the Lord being your shepherd, being your shepherd, that He is your shepherd, then let's let Him, let's let Him bring us to that point. And not that these two songs we're going to sing are going to do the trick, uh, but it, if we humble ourselves, I, I think it'll, I think it'll get that fire going in us. Uh, let me, let me pray. We're going to sing. Jesus, we love that you describe yourself as the good shepherd.
You're just good. Everything you do is good. You're incapable of not being good and not doing good because it's it's part of who you are. I ask you um, that through the through these scriptures, through that description in Psalm 145, it's through the movement of of just your presence in this room that you would. Uh, that you would just kind of stun us a little bit. And as we begin to sing in just a second, that, that the truths we sing about would be, would be stunning. That we would just kind of be overwhelmed. And as we sing, we'll, we'll begin with, with the cross. We'll begin with you putting your mark on us. And the character of our, the shepherd who, has, who says, I'll die for my sheep, literally. I will die for them. And as we move into just more of a celebration, God, just, I pray that we would just really we would sing these truths. And that that word is would be would be real for us. That we would that we would have that confidence in that uh, that security that comes where we do we. That since we kind of put our fists in the air, we declare it. We declare it as trumping our circumstances and our emotions and stuff. So the next couple of minutes as we just close this time together tonight, I pray that you would continue what you have begun.